Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tech Doctor Podcast. I'm Robert, one of the Tech Doctors, and for this series of podcasts, I'm honored to have Lisa Salinger and the other Tech Doctor Chair. We're back to do part two in our Braille series. How you doing this evening, Lisa? I'm doing well. Anxious to dive right into this info. Excellent. I'm glad you're a diver because that's exactly what we're going to do <laughs> is dive right into this podcast. We recently released, at least in real time, don't know how, what order you're listening to them in or if you've heard the first one. And if you haven't, you may want to go back and listen to it. We did a part one of this series where we talked about some of the concepts around low-cost Braille, how excited we are that there have been a couple companies that are making Braille more affordable. And we sort of talked some about some of the uh, pros and cons of uh, of all that as compared to note takers versus the regular Braille displays and things like that. So that was kind of an introduction. But here in part two, we're going to focus in a little more deeply and spend our time specifically on one of the low-cost Braille devices, and it's a device that is made in India called the Braille Me. It's two words, Braille space Me. It is distributed by the National Braille Press in the U.S., and I'm not aware of anyone else distributing it at this time. But let's see if we can just introduce them a little bit to what the Braille Me looks like, Lisa. I know you did a great job of fully describing it in your tutorial, which I certainly would refer people to for details, but what's your impression of the Braille Me? How do you how do you like its its shape and its size and the way it feels and all? I want to say that we did not pick the Braille Me first because we liked it better. We're also not saving the best for last. Exactly. This is, we flipped a coin. Yeah. So, one thing that I particularly like about the Braille Me is it does come with an included case. It does. And it has a shoulder strap that you can take off of the case. And the case has Velcro the whole way across. So when you open it, you really know that you um, open it. You know you've done something. Yes, exactly. The Braille Me is thinner than the Orbit Reader, but it has a larger surface area. And it's very different in some ways because with most of your Braille displays on the market today, the Braille display is closest to you. However, this is not the case with the Braille Me. With the Braille Me, the Braille display is closer to the top of the unit. And I really thought I was kind of going to hate this. And I neither love nor hate it. You have the display and you have panning keys to the left and the right of the display, up and down panning keys. Um, and I like them. They are little pentagon shapes. Mm -hmm. And it's very obvious which is up and down. Under the 20 cells of the Braille Me are cursor routing or routing, if you prefer, buttons. 
They do the same thing with their routing or routing. Yes, they do. (laughs) They do indeed. (laughs) Let's say that you have a mistake in cell 18. You don't have to arrow or cursor over, 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 over 18 times. You can just press the one under the cell. Now, this does take a little bit of work, a little bit of muscle memory that you build up because you know, initially you may push 17 or 19 and think that that's the right cell, but you get that pretty quickly. Speaking of cells, the Braille Me has six dot Braille. This is kind of one of the major trade-offs between the two. The Orbit Reader has eight dot Braille and no cursor routing keys. The Braille Me has six dot Braille and cursor routing keys. Yes. Below that, you have your one, two, three on the left, your four, five, six. Then under that, you have from left to right a smaller backspace key, a slightly larger space key or space bar, and then to the right, an enter key, which is the same size as the backspace key. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of going along with you there and I'm fine with the with the layout of the keys and so forth, but I did notice that there's there is a fair amount of blank space between yeah. the the six dot keys and the 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 backspace space and the inner key and and you know that's okay, but I'm not sure that it I'm, I, perhaps the unit could have been made a little smaller. Yeah, I wonder what's in the inside if they've, you know, if there's a justification for the size. I agree. There's, there's, it's not tons, but there's some kind of, it feels to me like unused space. Uh, You also have um, below the Braille input keys and above the space bar, it says InnoVision and the it's really hard to kind of tell that if you're reading it with your fingers, you can mm-hmm. do it. Um, the O in the middle of NO vision is the most prominent. I don't know. Yes. Um, you know, I think that's just how their logo is. Right. It says that in, in embossed print. Right. <laughs> then on the left, you have an SD card slot. Both of these units when, when I say both, I'm referring to the Orbit Reader and the Braille Me. Both of them run on SD cards. Or you can use a micro SD card in the SD card holder and you'll achieve the same result. In the front right corner of the unit is a power on and off button. And then next to that is a charging port. And behind that is a micro USB port. Unfortunately to me, I I wish this were different. You have to use a specific charger and plug it into the charging port. You cannot charge through USB. The only thing that you can do, actually the only things you can do through the USB port are either transfer files or use the BrailleMe in conjunction with a screen reader. Right. Um, back to the case very briefly. It is a leather sort of feel. I don't think it's actual leather. It doesn't really matter. It's a nice sturdy case. And it covers the front and sides. It snaps in place in the back. If you've seen 
the standard case for pretty much any note taker that's out there, you'll have a fairly good idea of what it looks like. It doesn't have any zipper pockets on it or anything. There is a large open pocket that's see-through. I kind of wish that weren't so large. I wish mm -hmm. it were smaller for ID cards, um, you know, a personal ID of some kind or a business card or whatever. I wouldn't personally use it. I feel like if I put something in there, I'd run the risk of it falling out. It might fall out. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it, it does take up a fair amount of the lid of the case. So when we're talking a big yeah. pocket, but it is just like a pocket where you would normally slip an ID or a photo or really, something. Really, I guess if you were using it with an iOS or an Android device, like a phone, you could probably slip that phone right in that pocket. Again, maybe. I don't know. I it's, think it's, I'd want maybe. to engineer some Velcro or something to keep that in place. But yeah. no, actually, okay. Now, mine's in a case, so it would be a little different if it weren't. But I have an iPhone 10R, mm -hmm. and it's in a fairly thin case. But it fits nice and snugly in that pocket. So if I were using them together, I might... I might use it, yeah, because the Velcro will close, okay? I was going to say, I didn't know whether you could close the lid with it in there, but you Yeah, can. I'd be a little nervous because, yeah. you know, it's my phone in there, mm -hmm. but yeah, you can, you can, so that's kind of interesting. Also, I don't know whether the phone presses down on the display when you close it like that, and I don't know that it would really I would make think a it difference. would be an even pressure. It shouldn't, in theory, matter. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know too much about the technical workings of the display on the Braille Me. You may know a bit more about it than I do, but this is a, a rather interesting and creative approach to a Braille display because somehow it's engineered to use tiny magnets to display the correct uh, braille dot patterns and I don't know that we've I certainly have never seen this approach taken with with a refreshable braille display before no and if you shake it you can hear them ever so slightly you rattle mm -hmm. you know a little bit it's not now before it was worse it well I don't really think of this as bad before it was more pronounced it sounded Actually, you know what it sounded like was a box of nerds. Oh, okay. Those candies, nerds, it sounded kind of like that. Now it doesn't. Um, some people have complained that the dots come up at varying heights. I Have you had that? Because I really haven't. I have not seen dots at varying heights. In fact, I'm pretty impressed with the the Braille display. I do occasionally get get with this unit get a situation where a dot that should be up isn't up and a lot of times if I go to the next line and come back up to the previous line that dot will will be there the second time or if I give the unit just the tiniest of shakes the dot will appear but that doesn't happen uh, that was happening a lot with my first couple units it mm -hmm. happens every once in a while with this unit, and it seems to be getting less and less frequent as I use the unit more. And, and 
And they told me at National Braille Press that it's typical for these Braille displays to get better with use because they 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 said they limber up or I guess they they somehow are stiffer when they first come from the factory than they are after they've been worked for a while. And that's that's sort of an unusual thing for us yeah. to think about in yeah. in the with the older braille devices we normally didn't see them get better <laughs> with no with, they just were what they were from they were, right out of the box they were what they were and if anything they probably got worse yeah i also used an early prototype we had gotten two through mystic access and i played with one of them and used that to create the tutorial and initially there were a lot of problems with dots not coming up like file manager might read f-i-k-e um m-a-d-a-g-e-h or something mm-hmm. yeah and you you couldn't just go ahead the line and come back you had to shake it and you were doing it almost every line mm-hmm. and we reached out to the company and they were very responsive and they also implemented a lot of other suggestions i feel so uh, kudos to InnoVision for their responses. And, you know, some of you listening will listen to this and say, oh, well, <laughs> I really don't want to braille me. Maybe I'll get an orbit. And then you listen to the Orbit Reader podcast and you say, oh, I really don't want an orbit. The thing is, these are both works in progress. To compare these to the Braille displays that have been on the market for years is not even a fair comparison because they they may look the same, but really they're they're quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that they're low cost, the way that they work, um, they're both louder. That's for sure. And the way that they refresh is different. The Braille Me refreshes its dots all at once. And the Orbit Reader refreshes from left to right. It does give each unit, I think, a distinctive sound. I mean, if you listen, you can tell the difference between a Braille Me and an Orbit. But to say that one is better because it refreshes all at once. I don't know that that's really particularly relevant. There's not that much difference to my ears in the volume of the sounds, but no. the two sounds are distinctly different. I don't know, you would be much more qualified to speak to this than I am being from Pennsylvania, but my wife says that the refreshing of the Braille Me sounds like crunching in the snow. It sounds like taking oh. a step in the snow. Okay. The Braille Me's sound is much more crisp. To me, it's like a and just on a personal level. And you will have to find what works for you. But I find that a little bit jarring, especially Mm -hmm. if I have it connected to the computer and I'm using it in conjunction with my screen reader and I'm hearing On the other hand, the sound of the Orbit Reader has been compared to a rain stick or especially when it's recorded it sounds like a large digital bug mm-hmm. or rodent or something it kind yeah. of makes up 
sound. Yeah, it does. But to me, when I'm when it's not recorded, when I'm just listening, like if I'm reading with it, it almost does sound like the rain, like a rain stick, kind of. And to me personally, that sound is almost relaxing. I like the continuous sound because I can kind of shunt that away into the background, mm-hmm. whereas the other one is more kind of at the forefront of my mind. However, I have friends who say, oh, no, if I had to listen to that Orbit Reader every you know, every day, I would lose my mind. Mm-hmm. So it really is a matter of what works best for you. It's interesting with these devices being 20 cell, you're pushing that panning button frequently. So you're changing lines a, a lot. And so the sound is, for me, not that big a deal, but... I think one who wants to buy one of these better make sure it's not that big a deal for them. I have less of a problem when I'm controlling it. So if I'm pushing those panning buttons and I'm making it go, you know, whatever, that single syllable thing, that's better to me. When it kind of starts, like I said, when it starts irritating me is when I'm using it with a device and it's refreshing it for Mm -hmm. me. But again, that's very subjective. It could just be that I have control issues. I have a feeling that it's more irritating for someone who's having just to sit there and listen to it. If you're in radio, okay, and you're reading something, or if you're trying to read for an audio recording, like uh, sometimes I have bits of things that I need to read for tutorials and such. Uh, This isn't necessarily going to be your best because of Mm -hmm. sound. I think you could use it to take notes in church and people would get used to it. Also, if you are doing a reading or serving as a lector or something, I think you might get a little bit of a shock of how much of that sound would come through the microphone. Mm -hmm. And this really applies to both displays. As hard as we're trying to focus on one display, I find myself invariably coming back and saying, you know, this is unique to the Braille Me and nope, this is something you're going to find with both displays. Yeah. It may look yeah. a little different, but you're still going to find it. Well, what do you think of, of the quality of the Braille on the Braille Me? Do you think it's roughly the quality of of other displays you've worked with or the quality yeah, of paper? I think so. Um, uh-huh. It's somebody I think referred to it as signage quality Braille. And it does feel like that. Like if you have those laminate plastic signs or braille that's created on those laminate sheets it feels like that now i like really crisp um prick your fingers and make them bleed braille which is a little <laughs> over the top it's not, i don't quite like it that that sharp but i could i could stand for it being a little sharper mm. but for me it's not dull enough that it would keep me from purchase no i i think it's quite for me it's quite crisp quite sharp. I've heard yeah. people say the same signage analogy about the Orbit Reader also. Mm-hmm. And it, it's They're it's very similar, I think. Yeah, I, even though the braille is produced, I think in a, in a very different ways and probably they're using quite different materials to do it. They, they mm-hmm. both have kind of seems like gone for that crisp signage quality where yeah, they've where done you a nice can't job. You, you you know, you can't really push the dots in very much. Like they're pretty, no. they're, they're pretty solid up there. They um, are. 
which yeah. might be quite nice for someone who's either either having some neuropathy or who's learning Braille. Yeah, oftentimes a Braille student who has neuropathy does better in general with a refreshable Braille display than with paper Braille. Each of these devices has its own menu structure, its own interface and, and all that. Mm-hmm. When you first turn the Braille Me on, it comes up at, at what's what's called the file manager. And mm-hmm. uh, that that's actually the, the start of a of a menu that you can arrow through. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, it's all very menu driven. And when you do a lot of things, you need to confirm or you need to go back, you're pressing backspace space a lot. If I took out all my references to backspace and space together in the tutorial, it would probably be a half the length. <laughs> yeah, because this is a very, very frequently used key combination, admittedly a bit of an unusual one, but you constantly have to press backspace, space to either get out of something you're in or to move back a level in something you're in. It's, it's a, it, you use it constantly. You do. And it's not just backspace, you know, it's backspace space. And it does take a little while to get used to. It's okay. If you have used Braille note takers for many years, you might not find some of the structure of the commands to be intuitive. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like Orbit Reader more closely followed commands similar, for example, to the Braille note and before that the Braille and speak, things Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, The Braille me's commands do make sense, but for me it was a little bit of a, steeper learning curve because they were just a little different than what I was used to. The layout of the keys and the commands are kind of unique enough that at least it makes it, I don't often forget which device I need to do this, the backspace space on. They're, they're, these commands are pretty unique to the, like to me, once you know I what, learn you're them. You're absolutely right. That really is like the silver lining. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Because the commands are, they're all Braille me. I mean, you know, you're not going to even think about doing this on one of these other devices. So if this is your first Braille display, especially, you might want to consider it. But it's nice. You're right. When I'm on the Braille me, I know I'm on the Braille me. Sometimes when I'm on the Orbit reader, I, I do a command and it doesn't work. And I get a little ticked. And I think this isn't the way it works on the Braille and speak. Mm-hmm. And then I have to go, this isn't the Braille and speak. Hello. Yeah. Uh-huh. And speaking of which, on on neither of these note takers, I think we said this before, but on neither of these note, or yeah, on neither of these note takers, is there any kind of speech? That makes for some unique commands, a shortcut command involving pressing and releasing all four of the panning buttons at the same time that will display in sort of a graphics display how much battery charge you have left. Yeah, that really threw me at first because I was used to percentages uh-huh. and this is more a graphical representation and we talk more about that in the tutorial and how to read it, but it's not obvious at first. Like I could have four full braille cells 
and then a letter L, and then five series of dots three six. Right. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. You know, because it was different. But you get used to it, and it's kind of cool. I think your brain, at least my brain, processes it better. Yeah. Um, so like, what it, what that I would mean is 45 percent charged. Yes. And yeah. so and and yeah. so it's it's a right there in the little graphic. You can see you got four full I'm more cells. To remember it. Uh huh. I don't know about you, but like sometimes I'll check a one that has a percentage and I'll check it and I'll think what percent was that? But really with the graphical representation, as much as I kind of didn't like it at first, it sticks better in my mm -hmm. mind. But it, it's, it, it, I, as far as I can recall off the top of my head, virtually every command on the Braille me stays in place until you do the space backspace command. Yep. There, there's yep. no command that, that appears or no, even, even an error message or anything that I can recall that appears and then disappears on its own. I think Which is kind of nice because yeah. then you don't miss anything. You have to acknowledge every single thing, but you don't miss anything. The most automated thing that I can think of is uh, the Braille Me does, report, does, does support the auto-scrolling Mm -hmm. feature and so you can have it switch the displays switch lines automatically and w what little bit i play with that it seems to work pretty well you can you can set it for how long mm -hmm. you want it to to stay before it refreshes by, by a, num a number of seconds so i mean in in that sense it's a fairly it's got a fairly sophisticated braille user interface with some graphics to show you the battery charging and all yeah and as I said, the developer want. was very responsive to things that we might need. I mean, when we met with the developer, one of the things we said was, when you turn it on, the beep is really loud. And that could be really disruptive in a meeting. And I said, you know, someone who's using this who's deafblind might not even know that's going off. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a little bit of a problem with implementation, but they're working on it. And so you can currently now switch that beep on or off, which you couldn't before. I sort of found myself, you know, having to readjust my thinking a little bit and, and sort of get it more in the mode of, wow, this is really cool that I'm, I'm having the chance to learn about this and I'm exploring mm -hmm. something new and this is really kind of fun. The Braille Me is nice in that... It, it it is a a good device for reading limited file types. You can read text files, BRF files, and I believe BRL files. But you can't read things like doc files or PDFs or or things like that. But if you have them on a smartphone or a tablet. You can. I can at least speak specifically to my iPhone. Mm -hmm. It connects beautifully with that. I've been pretty happy with that process. I read one of the National Braille Press syndicated columnists weeklies that way through through my phone, through the BARD app. And you really do have two choices. So you could download those BARD books on a computer and then put them on the SD card of your Braille Me, yes. or you could download them in the Bard app on your phone or tablet and read them that way. Braille Me supports word wrap in text files, 
but it doesn't support word wrap in BRF files. And I'm, I'm not, not quite sure if that was a, an, an engineering issue or a, 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 a purposeful design. But I did make a nice discovery that you can, at least with Bookshare, you can set up your Bookshare account so that it formats BRF files for a 20 cell um, display. And then, then the word wrap issue really isn't an issue anymore. Right. We kind of got, got the idea across that, that for opening files and folders and, and getting into, into the place where you can start reading a file, it's, it's a menu-driven process that's, while we agree is kind of unique to the BrailleMe, it really isn't that difficult to learn. I mean, it doesn't take that long to sort of get the hang of opening and reading files. I don't think most people would have much trouble with that. No. No. What do you think about using uh, the Braille Me as an editor or a note-taking device? Because it has a, a, a fairly simple but a, a usable built-in editor. It does. I have to kind of get into the mode. I don't have a problem with it. It's interesting with, with this device, cursors are kind of interesting because they, they give you two different options for the cursor one that just shows you the cursor and, and nothing else on the display and the other that uses whatever dots are not currently being used in a given cell to create the cursor and so that's kind of what you have to do I guess on a six dot device but I found that cursor implementation fine I mean it to me it worked pretty well yeah, I liked it. I thought it was pretty neat. There's a lot here. There's a lot to offer. And we didn't say anything too much about the connectivity stuff, but it works well. It works fine for the most part with a with a PC using a screen reader, but there are some drivers that have to be installed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think everything pretty well just works on the Mac side. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, it works. Again, it works beautifully on iOS and I'm assuming on Android. Really, I mean, I've used higher cost, more multifunction note takers that I had more difficulty pairing. This was really kind of delightful. Mm -hmm. They got the Bluetooth right. Yes, it, it definitely. Sure, sure seems like it. They nailed it, yeah. As we begin to kind of bring this to a close, I want to talk a little bit about my experience with trying to get going with the Braille Me. One of the reasons that I wanted to do this series is because I thought if I am really wanting to understand these devices, I'll just purchase them and then I'll be able to report on what my experience has been. I discovered that the place to purchase uh, the Braille Me in, in the U.S. is the National Braille Press in Boston. And I ordered one back in early December when I contacted MBP. They were very helpful. They were very knowledgeable. They did talk to me about how they believed the, the Braille Me was more desirable desirable than the Orbit Reader because of the fact that it refreshes all at once. And as we said earlier, neither of us really felt that that was a major issue or a major advantage for the Braille Me. They sent me my unit fairly quickly. They have a, a policy where they have to 
approve a purchase like that through some through some internal process. So it took maybe 24 hours or uh, so for them to do their processing and actually uh, start to prepare to ship me out a unit. I got it fairly quickly. I had it for a few days and I started reading the manual and went through the Mystic Access tutorial, but I was having a lot of the problems that you mentioned earlier with with dots not appearing. And they said that it might get better if I just hung on to it for a while. So I used it for another, I don't know, 10, 15 hours and things didn't get any better. So I decided to send it back. So I, I sent it back and they... Um, they, you know, got it back. I sent it, I think, in some pretty fast way because I was, we were getting closer to the holidays and I was kind of in a hurry to try to get this resolved. I sent it back and at first they said that they would send me a second unit, but that they would go ahead and send it second day air instead of ground. I said, oh, great. But then by the time they got mine back, they sort of said, well, you know, we don't really send them second day air we 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 send them ground and I'm like well you know I can't really do that because I'm going to be gone for the holidays and it won't get here in time and then it'll be I don't know where it'll be sitting for 10 days while I'm out of town so eventually we worked out a compromise where we I think we each paid half of the of the of the air shipping and so I mean that was that was okay I I was okay with that because I was asking them to do something that they normally don't do but it took a little negotiation to make that happen so I got it before we left for the holidays and that was nice used it a little bit and when I first took it out of the box the display was really muddy like it wasn't it wasn't very clear at all but that really cleared up over a a 24-hour period I don't know if it just needed to warm up a while or if the pins needed to be used some or exactly what the situation was but uh, that cleared up. But then um, after a couple weeks, one of the dots just stopped appearing at all. It just, it was just gone. There was nothing that I could do. There are a couple of tests you can run on the unit to, to test the Braille display. The test didn't, didn't make the dot reappear or anything. There was nothing I could do. So I returned that one and they said that they couldn't fix it. And the only thing they could do was was send me another one, except they didn't have any more. So they said they would have one in several weeks. If I was willing to wait, then that's, that's the best we could do. And I said, that's fine. I waited for a few weeks. And then one day I got an email saying, okay, we have some more uh, Braille Me units in. We'll send you another one, but this will be the third one that we've sent. And... Unless you respond by the end of the day, we're going to send it to someone else. And I found that a little surprising. Like, I wasn't sure what to make of it, but I responded quickly and they sent me this third unit since I responded quickly. It's really worked quite well. I have no idea if my experience of kind of having to work through two of them to get a third one that, that I was really happy with is is very unusual or typical. I did contact Innovision in India a couple times and and they said you you know you should not be having these problems with the dots. They should they should display correctly all the time. I think MBP is really committed to to the Braille me and I should be fair and say that that when they got my first unit back, they said they couldn't find anything wrong with it. 
And it, it did sometimes take a while for the dots to not appear when they were supposed to, or I don't know, Braille, Braille displays can be finicky and maybe it worked better after it spent a week in the UPS van. Um, you got know, bounced around nice and good. Got bounced yeah. around nice and good. Maybe it happened to work just fine during the time that they were testing it and maybe they don't have that you know hours to spend testing something and maybe they just didn't see the problem. I, I'm not doubting that they didn't see it. I would like to have felt maybe a bit a bit more um trusted you know trust me guys i i really wouldn't have i would much rather not have sent it back right i think that's kind of what i wanted to communicate about the braille me i hope we've given you some idea of what it's like and what our experiences are with it and i'm giving it a a thumbs up i'm i'm pretty positive on the braille me yeah I am too. I mean, there are there are things, but overall, I'm quite happy with it. Well, this will bring part two of low-cost, refreshable Braille displays to a close. And we are going to be coming back doing a couple more parts within the next week or so to cover the other two devices that we're going to be talking about. But in the meantime, if you have questions for me, especially about my experience with uh, Braille Me, be sure to send me an email at nc5r at icloud.com. And how can they connect with you, Lisa? You can email me at lisa at mysticaccess. That's all one word. M-Y-S-T-I-C. A-C-C-E-S-S dot com. Very good. And this is Robert, one of the tech doctors. I will say so long for now. Bye, everyone. You did it again. I did. You channeled Allison. Allison. One more time. It just seems like it's the only appropriate way to end. And I am a creature of habit. The only way to go. So long, y'all.